0: Well, here we go again. Those of us who've been around a while remember very clearly the work of Dr. Jack Kevorkian, uh, represented uh, very well by attorney Jeffrey Feiger, who we hope is uh, feeling better these days. Uh, the fact of the matter is, at the time, people said that what, what Dr. Kevorkian was trying to get through uh, death with dignity, uh, a way for people to choose to end their own life probably set back that uh, idea a bit because it was said at the time doctors were probably already helping people leave uh, this earth quietly. And once this came up as a big story, then everyone backed off because it became a big legal issue. Well, it's back again as Senators Mary Kavanaugh, Democrat from Redford Township, Kevin Hertel, Democrat from St. Clair Shore, Sam Singad, Democrat from East Lansing, and Veronica Kleinfeld, Democrat from East Point have introduced a death with dignity legislative package comprised of Senate Bills 678 to 681. This legislation would allow terminally ill patients the option to request and use prescribed medication to end their lives peacefully on their own timeline. Uh, let's talk about it, and we have a chance to do that with State Senator Kevin Hertel, who's on the other end of our line right now. Senator, good to talk with you.
1: Good to talk with you as well, Paul W., and i got to tell you, I like this new time slot, uh, different than some of the other uh, early morning spots we've had together.
0: <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's certainly easier on the host. Not always so easy for our listeners to be uh, near a radio noon to 2, but I hope they will be, and if not, they can go to com and hear the podcast of the show. But meanwhile, here we go. The first thing I thought about, frankly, having had... Elderly parents, grandparents, etc., lucky enough to live to be a hundred or ninety-six or ninety-eight. With that old age comes cognitive failings. How do you deal with the elderly who are near death, who don't appear to be any condition to choose to end their life?
1: Yeah, I think it's a very good uh,
0: question, and
1: and honestly, an important piece of this policy. Uh, we've included what I think are significant safeguards within this legislation to make sure that, um, you know, this really is used by people who are of sound mind who can make that decision on their own. So an individual would have to be diagnosed within uh, six months, terminally ill, so diagnosed to to be terminal with, you know, at six months or before. Uh, They would have to be uh, diagnosed by two doctors. So there's a second, you know, medical opinion built into the process. Uh, they have to be able to request the medication, the prescription of the, uh, by themselves. Uh, and there's a 15-day waiting period, which then they have to request it again in a written form and signing a statement. Um, the doctor has to determine that the individual is within sound mind and making this decision on their own. And there are, there's a required witness in the process as well. So, uh, you know, we've learned from the policy that has passed in 10 other states and, and also the District of Columbia, you know, things that have worked, things that have not worked, and really we're trying to be intentful in this legislation to make sure that those who can make this decision on their own and, and they have to administer the medication on their own, uh, that, you know, they're given the, the, the best possible option to make this decision with their physician.
0: Well, it's a difficult decision, obviously. Um, I'm glad that there is a, a two-doctor rule. I'm glad there's a, a waiting period. I suspect you have to look at, uh, at at protections for prescribing physicians. There has to be some laws in place so they don't get in trouble. But if you've gone through uh, an end-of-life experience, um, I don't know how we all did it before there was something called hospice care. God bless the hospice workers. But you also can see how, and we've heard about this for a while, the amount of money spent in end-of-life care, meaning the amount of money, in a sense, wasted at the end of someone's life, if we don't make some decisions soon, medicine will make those decisions for us. Did that go into some of your thinking?
1: I, You know, I, I have really not looked at it from that angle. What I've heard from constituents and what I've, I've experienced uh, through you know, my own loved ones who have gone through very traumatic end-of-life experiences, uh, whether battling cancer uh, or other diseases, And I don't know if any of them would have ever used this as an option, but I think what we see is people would like to know that it's there. If things were to get that bad, the pain is so bad that they have this option. And what we've seen in other states is that a third of the people that actually get the medication, go through the process and have their doctor prescribe it, don't ever even use it. They don't take it, but they have comfort knowing that if they need it, they have the option. Um, and so, you know, with the proper safeguards and with what we know today and how, you know, medicine has progressed since the 90s, I think when the last time this, uh, you know, the state of Michigan actually had this conversation as a whole, uh, I think we're in a different place today. Uh, this is very different than what we saw during the time of Jack and I tried very hard to differentiate this from uh, what was going on at that time uh, because he wasn't following any rules. And this would actually set rules for the state.
0: Uh, to allow this process to occur. You know, this is fascinating. We're speaking uh, with uh, State Senator Kevin Hertel um, that if Michigan passes this, it would join 10 states in Washington, D.C., who have expanded patients' power to make decisions regarding their end-of-life care. But it's fascinating to hear you say, Senator, that in these states, what you found already is that people, given the opportunity feel comfort in having that choice, even if they don't use it. That was
1: one of the, the data points that really stuck out to me when researching this legislation, uh, the amount of people that, that simply do not use the pill, even though they've gone through the process to get the prescription. And, and, and you know, over three-quarters of the, the people we've seen obtain these prescriptions in other states are cancer patients. Uh, they're people that are going through a very difficult illness, and they make this decision with their family and with their doctor. Uh, and so you know we've heard concerns of you know vulnerable populations, and I think that's a concern that's very valid, and we have to address yeah. um, but these are people that have you know they're with their doctor are making these decisions on their own, and uh, you know we don't see this being utilized in huge numbers in other states um, so it's you know and we can look and see from the policy that's been in other places that there hasn't been any widespread abuse of it as well
0: Senator. I appreciate you giving us your side of this story, and we'll keep following it. State Senator Kevin Hertel with us here in Focus. We're out of time. Uh, go to com for the podcasts of the show. Stand by for news. And Jr. Afternoon with Chris Renwick. And I want you to go on out and make it a great rest of the day. It's another beautiful day. On your way to making each and every day count, each day is a gift. Have a great one. Regards, Paul W. Smith.